this is the UW Film Club podcast. Uh, I'm Harrison Hall, and I'm here today with Kian Schmier. Uh, we're going to talk about the 2001 Takashi Miike film, The Happiness of the Katakuris. I think this is a favorite of yours, right? Yeah, this is this is definitely a personal favorite of mine. I'll do a I'll do a quick intro and plug myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Kian is a filmmaker himself. He's made a couple uh, short films. Yeah, so I'm a, a big member of Lux Film Production Club. So uh, I know there is a decent amount of people who are in both of these uh, film clubs yeah. at UW. But I would highly uh, recommend anybody who's in film club to go check out Lux sometime. I did a film last quarter. You know, I'm trying to get more involved with this club. But uh, yeah, you know, hopefully I'll do another podcast at some point after this. You're taking uh, winter quarter off for Lux, right? I am. I'm not. I'm not personally leading a project. Yeah. I might m- maybe take a, a small role, but nothing too crazy for Lux. Yeah. No scripts in the kitchen or anything. Uh, hopefully one for spring. Actually, I'm trying to write a mockumentary. Oh, nice. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's in the works. Awesome. All right, uh, Katakuri's then. Yeah, so, let's get into it. I feel like you were saying something about how it's a favorite of yours, like why you wanted to bring it up. Yeah, for sure. So uh, this I saw was playing at SIF Movie Club last year. I had never heard of it, but I had seen um, Ichi the Killer. Uh, so I was like, you know, that was a pretty insane one. Uh, so after reading the description, I was like, I have to go see this. So I got to see it at SIF Uptown last year and seeing it in the theater was like peak experience. This is one that's definitely benefits from seeing with a crowd. I think that enhances the whole comedic element of it. But yeah, after seeing it, I was like, this really doesn't feel like anything I've ever seen. The The only comparison that initially comes to my head is Haosu yeah. from 1977. Kind of in tone, but that, that could have been an inspo. Um, I don't know a ton about it. I know some of the actors like Kenji Sawada, but I just learned recently that it was some sort of a remake of a Kim Ji Woon movie from yeah, I saw like, a couple years earlier, which I, I haven't seen yet, but I'll hopefully get to that at some point. I do love Kim Ji Woon. Yeah, so I'd love great. to check that the the Quiet Family, the one that this is parodying sometime. Definitely. I think his his much more uh, sleek style would probably be interesting. Unless, I, I don't know much about that one. I, well, it has, like, Choi Min-sik, like, right. you know, from Old Boy yeah, and yeah, yeah. Song Kong-ho, I think. So, just, I don't know, just their very presence kind of would give that one some gravitas, I imagine. But, For sure. Yeah. I, I can't imagine that it's as crazy as Takashi Miike's film. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the main thing that I guess you should know is just that it's, it has, I mean, it's all over the place. The energy is constant. Yeah. There is, I think, three uh, stop motion segments. And then uh, it's a musical. There's a sing-along sequence. <laughs> and then on top of all of that, the actual story itself, uh, aside from its presentation, is pretty dark. So I would yeah. say it's mostly a dark comedy, probably. Right. So before this, also, the only Mike film I had seen was Ichi, Ichi the Killer. Right. And that was, like, years ago at this point. I don't recall yeah. it that well. But Same here. I kind of associate him with, like, a sort of tackiness. Yeah. Not, not in a bad way. Just For like, sure. Kind of, like, cheesy edginess, yeah. at least. Yeah, and, like, the grotesque, like, sexual humor and stuff. Right. Uh, which, yeah. this one's definitely... I mean, it does have, like, the sex comedy stuff, but it's a lot more tame than definitely. Ichi, for sure. It's somewhat of a family film. Yeah. You know, not to watch with, like, your little siblings, but they still might like it. Yeah, and usually um, I was a bit appreh- apprehensive about this one, you know. Your enthusiasm was great, but I'm usually not, like, a massive fan of, like japanese pervert comedy you know like understandable like house is a good movie and like tom popo is a good movie but not my not my vibe yeah i'd say i feel you so you know having one of these lined up i wasn't super excited about it but um it definitely has like an undercurrent of real human storytelling that kind of connected with me actually so should we just get into the plot of it yeah for sure and I, I just super quick i fully agree with you i think 
outside of house i haven't seen tom popo but it's on my list i don't love the super over the top japanese humor the kind of like late 90s early 2000s vibes um maybe some 80s but uh yeah this, this one definitely stands out for actually like for such a silly movie and i'm sure we'll get to it it does have some moments that do feel kind of like real like humanity, uh, possibly even some improvisation, I thought. so. Yeah, towards the end for sure. Okay, so the way the movie opens, it really starts with a bang. Yeah. Um, we're in a diner and off the bat, like not even related to anything in the film, I was really taken aback by like the 2000 like ultra HD digital camera. Yeah. Which, I don't know if you have any takes on that, but that already, like, by itself, (laughs) lended the film, like, some, like, like, strange... It feels very weird ...visual texture. It's so sharp. Like, I've watched a lot of early digital film, but usually it isn't, like, this sharp. There's, like, no grain. Yeah, it's very nice quality in a kind of uh, uncanny way. (laughs) So, yeah, it's already, like, my mind is already primed, like, this is weird-looking... And then, you know, we see a woman walk into the restaurant and sit down to eat her, like, chowder or something. Yeah, I don't think it even specifies what it is. But um, she puts her fork into the chowder and she accidentally stabs, like, a cherub or something. Yeah, some type, I think it's got to be some type of, like, yeah, evil angel <laughs> okay. or a little demon or something. Yeah, I don't know, some folklore thing, I, I yeah. don't even know. And then... She's distraught by this. She starts screaming so hard that she transforms into claymation. And, you know, the cherub starts giggling and it zooms into like her throat and like her uvula. And the the fucker just pulls it right out. Yeah. Possibly the most memorable moment from the whole thing. Yeah. So, okay. So he pulls it out and then she's like, oh, my uvula. And then he fucking flies out of the window yeah it like crashes through the window with a little digital window cracking effect of course. and it flies through the air i have an insane bullet point list of what happens okay yeah, yeah, yeah no, i can see the fucking ringer Gets... yeah it's a it's a pretty extended opening claymation <laughs> sequence and you don't really expect it to go on as long as it yeah. does it gets eaten by a crow and then the crow gets eaten by like an ugly monster plush toy and spits it out the crow turns into paper which turns into an egg and the egg gets carried away by a snake and the snake gets captured by a bird and, and fucking so on and so yeah on. the whole cycle of life eventually the cherub is born again and then a bird catches him and kills him again yeah But then it all loops around because the bird shits on the grandpa character. Right. And the grandpa throws a log at it and fucking just ices him on the spot. Yeah, one of the best effects in there. And then that's how the the cherub lands at this place, I guess, right? Oh, I hadn't even considered that. That's that's kind of... Yeah, because we kind of need to use this to get into it, but... It doesn't really seem related to the rest of the film. I I interpreted it as somehow... I mean, I guess... Do you want to get into interpretation later after? Well, let's just do it now. Why not? Yeah. Well, basically, we'll get to it, but there there's something going on with this house. Yeah. It's a guest house that they have people at. And at least my interpretation was that because of this cherub thing got dropped off in the area, there's some haunted element to the house that makes guests kill themselves or die. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I didn't even think of it that way. I thought it was just like a death begets death sort of circle completely. of life. Yeah. It's, it's, it goes on so long that it has to be saying something about the whole yeah, but life cycle. Like, you know, plot wise, I didn't think that, oh, like, oh, the bird shit was actually like a curse laid upon the grandpa. I, I, I do kind of think that's what it's supposed to be. That's, oh, wow. Because then another thing, in the very first scene, uh, I don't think I actually caught this on a first viewing, but there's another family in the back of the very first scene in the restaurant. Oh. And they're all kind of like looking at what's happening. And then they all run out. I, without knowledge of if this is true, I kind of 
think this might be the way that it connects to the Kim Ji Woon movie. Maybe. Yeah. Because I don't oh. think it's them. I don't think it's the family that we see in this movie. But I think it could have something to do with like they're trying to get rid of this curse and then it comes into this movie a whole, you know, I don't know. Yeah, just, but the dumbass version of it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> okay, yeah. So after Grandpa kills the bird, we get kind of like an intro to the family. Right. Um, through, like, there's a voiceover narration by the youngest member of the family, Yuri. Right. Which, you don't have to remember the names. I just have them written uh-huh. down just in case. Sounds good. And we get kind of introduced their whole deal. They have, like, the dad character, Masao. He's, like, the patriarch. And right. the plot of the movie is that, like, he purchased uh, some land just out in the middle of nowhere. Right, in the country. Because he's received word that they're going to be building a road nearby. And he wanted to get the jump on it to build, like, the premiere in right, for the yeah. area. I, a lot of it does seem to connect with... Um... Japanese hospitality culture for sure so yeah he's working on it and he's doing renovations and he's doing constructions but he's not doing well yeah and there's no road yeah there's no road I I think they've been running this house for quite a while now I feel like that's what's implied from the start totally yeah and yeah he runs the place with his wife um terue and his children uh his son masayuki who's like i don't know if he's an ex-convict per se but he's got kind of a he's got the punk vibe yeah the punk you know checkered past and then who who i consider to be like the main character is like his daughter shizue who's yuri's mom and she's recently divorced, and she is incredibly lonely. Yeah. Just... They, they mentioned, the little girl mentions one time that her dad cheated on Shizue with a 16-year-old girl. So she's not doing well. None of them are doing particularly well. They're all, like, desperate to meet somebody. They need somebody to enter their lives and enter their home. Right. Yeah. Like, it... They, they need it economically and, uh, I guess, just, like, for their spirits. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't know. They're all they're all miserable, like, and Masao's, like, you should all be happy because I built a swing or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he hops on the swing and then, like, flies 30 feet in the air. Right. Into a massive fucking geyser explosion. Like, I, I think from the get-go, there's a, there's a zany element yeah. to it, but... I think that you can definitely read it as being like, there's something up with this place. There's something not quite right. It, oh, yeah. Just from the swing breaking to... Right. Yeah. And then they eat their first dinner, which is like a very... I feel like I need a better word than like weird because, you know, that's kind of... You can take that for granted with this one. But yeah. There, there's, again, just something off about this. They're eating from their hot pot. Yeah. And, you know, they're talking about... Like the deer head they have on the wall. Right. This is there's a this I thought could maybe even be improvisation, possibly not. But there's a lot of like really good uh, little not bickering but kind of dialogue between the grandpa, the the brother Masayuki, and then the little girl, where right. they they like kind of make up stories explaining what happened to the deer on the wall. And she doesn't really seem to take it that seriously, but the the brother and the grandpa laugh pretty hard about it. Yeah, and then you know on the TV they're watching um, the news. I don't, I don't. Do you remember what they were? I can't remember what they were the watching. News? Was but... it related to like the killer stuff later, or? I don't. Uh, actually, maybe I don't completely remember though. I all I know is that the TV changes channels yeah. to like a singer. Yeah. Well, first, like, the news reporter they're watching has, like, a fly crawl up his right, nose. Right, right, And they're right. like, is he going to respond to the fly in his nose? <laughs> yeah. And it just freaks, um, it she's just away out. all the way up his nose. Yeah. So she changes the channel to, like, again, like a drag performer or something. Yeah. Singing about bones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I... I, I, I'm struggling to read, like, a deeper yeah. meaning from that. Other than, like, that's kind of a strange thing to see on the TV. Totally. But if, eventually, like, they get interrupted, I believe. Or it's, like, a rainy night, and their right. first guest arrives. I don't know, the color scheme in the movie takes kind of a shift there from, like... it. They're doing, like, some very, like, 
they're not even hiding that it's like day for night shooting. Yeah. Like hello low exposure. Completely. Blue tinted. Yeah, it, it definitely plays a lot with genre and there's a lot of references to like classic like horror slasher. Um, there's uh, like what you were just saying when it when it sh- when it shows us that it's a rainy night. It's like a POV from outside of the house approaching the house. <laughs> it gives like it feels very like you know. Yeah, there's there's like Black Christmas yeah. boots stepping in the mud and right. stuff. Classic, and then the whole blue tint kind of feels uh, almost like ghostly and eerie you know i would say yeah and yeah so their first guest is like super melancholy but they're <laughs> they're so over eager to make yeah. him happy they were like do you want a beer all that stuff uh-huh. uh he goes up to his room and i don't remember the exact chronology of it but like okay well first off is that he sings like a cosmic rock power ballad yeah about to saying, himself yeah to himself the sequence starts up kind of slow, like he's doing a little dance. Yeah, like, and he builds up to a, it. A close-up shot of, like, his ass, like, kind of swaying back and forth, <laughs> which was quite the spectacle of Definitely. an image. Uh, but, yeah, he, the, it, you know, the background. It's all, like, yeah, the background turns to, like, interdimensional uh, It all space. fades away. Space. He's, you know, he's flying through the air. Yeah. Singing sayonara, saying goodbye. Right. The, you know, these sort of things. Yeah, it, it basically, I think that it loosely indicates that he's, like, going to kill himself. Yeah, he's going to kill himself. That's what it's definitely implying. Yeah. He's chiseling away at something, too, which I didn't even know what he yeah. was chiseling away at. Yeah, it. I think that, so, later on, I won't, like, we'll get through, but they, I think they indicate that he used a knife that he already had to chisel one of their keys into a knife itself. Oh, oh, yeah, okay, that's what happened. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff in this one, that, like, There's a lot you of gotta keep in, keep in your back pocket for later, because it Completely. does, like, the bone thing comes back later. Right, yeah. But yeah, the next morning they come to, like do bed and breakfast stuff and he's killed himself stabbed in the neck with their their own keys and then they find a knife lying on the floor next to him and then this like confirms that this is indeed a musical i feel like we get like that was like a teaser but we get like our first yeah we real musical number yeah Uh, arguably for me probably the best moment in the film when they open the door and they just instantly yeah they just instantly like, lock in yeah they instantly burst into like a crazy choreographed dance number where they are initially screaming to the beat <laughs> respectively as like a uh, like you know screaming out of horror and then we get the whole details of everything through their song i mean just conceptually it's great that like the hysteria just instantly like manifests itself through song and dance yeah and you know i don't want to i don't want to sound like i'm shitting on the film but there's also a sort of like the songs aren't the greatest uh-huh. in the world they're not incredible at singing yeah the choreo is pretty simple right but I, it weirdly, like, grounds it almost. Uh-huh. That, like, indeed, if they were to start singing and dancing right now, like, the average family, like, this is probably what it looked yeah, like. Yeah, it, it does really, like... I mean, obviously, you have to suspend your disbelief because why are they breaking into yeah. song and dance? But there's no crazy over-the-top choreography. It's, like, they literally just do what they physically... Like, break into song and dance, as anyone might. <laughs> as anyone might upon seeing... Yeah. A dead man in your house. Right. I don't know. That's a great moment. Just like. Yeah. That's gold. that's when you kind of, I see, I feel like you see the full scope of what the film is going to be. It's got kind of a glam thing going on. Uh, and yeah. So the whole song's basically like, what do we do about this? Yeah. And the solution is like, well, we got to like take the body out and hide him by the lake. Yeah. Because... You know, we're a young startup business. We can't have news of a dead guy right. in our place. Yeah, the main conflict of the happiness of the Katakuris is them trying to maintain business while all their guests die. Yeah, every single guest dies. Spoiler. Yeah. Um, and there's a thing of also, like, 
the guest wallet is missing too. So like right, there's they a couple like kind intra, of foul interpersonal uh, conflicts and stuff. Yeah, they they think that Masayuki like stole his wallet and maybe killed him. Yeah, also, maybe even killed him. But I think that kind of tension goes away fairly fast. Totally. They all yeah, they eventually find out where the wallet is. Yeah. Um, but I, what's interesting is that this tragedy like immediately like gets them together. Like they yeah. instantly bond over this. Right. There is definitely like there is a little conflict throughout the whole thing between um, Masao and uh, Terue, I believe. Also, maybe she's away about if they should call the police or not. Yeah. But ultimately, Masao is able to sway them towards the fact that they can't have this. Yeah. Well, I think in the prologue, they're much angrier with each other. Like, yeah. Masayuki in particular seems quite combative, but yeah. from here on out, it's just straight love, man. Yeah. It's just straight loving each other. Completely. Which... Like, they, they, there is, I'm sure you're, we're almost getting to it, but they go back in time for a little again to, like, before... Because there's, there's a prologue, but then they also go back to when they first got to the house oh, again. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. After this, it kind of moves into, like, a dream sequence from uh, Shizue's point of view. Right. With cherry blossoms in the air, and there's this, like, great via that they're in. And everybody there is, like, frozen in time, stood still. Yeah. Like, fucking worst person in the world or whatever. Yeah, because she says she's going to go... What is she going to do? I think she's going out to try to find a husband. Yeah. And she takes uh, Yuri with her. Oh, I didn't... Wait, did she leave the house? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought this was, like, a dream. I think it's, like... You can definitely read it as a dream sequence, but I think she says, like, I'm leaving, and then she takes her with her, okay, and then... because my reading this as a dream sequence was pretty important to how the rest okay. of it operates, too, so I kind of need it to be one. Um, I mean, it it definitely never shows her, like, you know, actually transporting to a new place. Yeah, in, just in general, they never show them going from A to B. They kind of appear yeah. all around the place, totally. but she gets hit by, like, a paper airplane. Right. With, like, a manga drawing of herself on it. And then we get, like, the real epic music number yeah. of this whole thing, one might argue. Where we're introduced to Richard Sagawa. Yeah. Who instantly just woos her and seduces her through this massive choreo yeah. dance sequence. This is probably the biggest one. It's definitely the biggest one. They've got, like, dozens of people. Yeah, I think, like... It felt to me like it was on some big like cruise ship almost. Yeah. It's very it's very dreamlike and it almost feels like the dance sequences in Barbie, I would say. Oh it, yeah. Um but yeah, and he's this kind of ambiguous character. <laughs> it definitely he you never take him too seriously, but it for sure hints that we shouldn't really trust him. He has this like long hair mm-hmm. and then this like what is it like a naval uniform <laughs> yeah a naval uniform yeah i mean after this great big number where they kind of confess their profound love to each other they instantly dream of like being married and right. soaring through the stars again all these just colors all over the place mm-hmm. Rich, yeah richard formally introduces himself as a men- member of the united states <laughs> naval forces and but then he's brand. like, oh, did I say the United States? I meant London under Queen Elizabeth. I'm actually in the MI6. Yeah. So. He says, I think it was Queen Elizabeth is like his, what was it? Was his his aunt or something? Yeah, well, he's, he's a long lost member of the family. Yeah. Diana called him yeah, for advice yeah. and stuff. Yeah, that's that's another one of my favorite he, jokes. Yeah. <laughs> there's like one there's like one scene later where he like implies that things would have gone down different if he like, was in that car. Yeah, like he wishes he could have <laughs> saved Diana from the paparazzi. And he kind of just keeps talking about it. That's so fucking funny. Uh, yeah, that's that's one of my favorite jokes. Yeah. Afterwards, yeah, after Richard is established, we go back to the inn where they get their second guest. Yeah. Oh, and third guest is like a sumo wrestler and like his yeah, like teenage um, girlfriend yeah this is another one of the i think the funniest little segments because there's something really like weird and uncomfortable about the relationship between the sumo wrestler and yeah. the like like teenage girl like yeah. yeah i don't know their dynamic is very very weird 
Again, I'd say that they're pretty eager to like make them happy, but they just want to go upstairs and go to town, yeah. I guess. Um, <laughs> and Masayuki's outside with a ladder. Right, right, right. Like watching them. Yeah, like later that night. Because instantly when they get there, there's a shot where like the mom is still in the room and like the sumo dude just pulls the girl over and jumps on her and starts like humping her and then the mom has to right but yeah okay later yeah yeah yeah. she just walks in the room he's he's watching from the ladder and like i don't want to like say something that'll be on my record forever about you know this pedophilic romance yeah but you know the sumo wrestler and that young girl is quite a strange image yeah definitely it's, and he's the one that's on top yeah i hate to yeah he's he's the top in yeah the, in the relationship it's i don't know it's very it it's something that's that's yeah definitely it, it adds a, a sense of darker humor to it or not darker it's very silly but it adds a sense of more adult humor to there's definitely some yeah in fact it kind of there's a there's a one buster keaton short that is it's really similar to oh really um i think it might have been one week where buster's on a ladder and he like watches his girlfriend like talking to some other guy through the window and like falls down okay i don't know yeah i don't know if that was intentional or not but Oh, you really liked that one. I'm 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 checking this on Letterbox actively. I I gotta bring up Buster at any chance. Of I course, can. of course. But yeah, he falls down the ladder right as right. the sumo wrestler like hits his climax. Yeah. And we just hear a loud like grenade bang from downstairs. Yeah. And I think they like leave him alone for the rest of the night. Yeah, like was it? Is it later that the police officer shows yeah, up? Yeah, it's later. Okay, yeah, that's that's when they're trying to move his body. But I don't think it really indicates what actually made that sound. Like, I mean, the ladder would have made the sound, but I think there's some sound from the bedroom. Um, I thought it was like a heart attack or something. Like, yeah, he I, had a heart attack and then it was he so like, crazy that it he literally blew up. But okay, no, they they discovered they, him they the see next his morning, body. I thought again. like I initially thought like did he fall off the bed or what? It, the bed might have actually broken. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he smothered yeah. the young girl. Yeah. And again, they're like, what do we do about this? Or I think they kind of got the game plan down. Like, well, yeah. Like, got to get another couple bodies out of here, I suppose. Yeah. I would say, like, the most disturbing moment is when they actually take him off and then we see the girl. And I actually, I won't get into that, but. It's definitely, like, presented as funny, but it's probably the most shocking moment in the film. I th- I think that's kind of how the whole thing moves. Is definitely. that, like, it's definitely pretty macabre. Yeah. But it's literally the energy's so high. The energy's so high that, that the, it, it kind of, it all works, you know. What they're emoting isn't necessarily how it's presented to us, right. which is fun. And then it, like, gets pretty chaotic. Like, Richard calls them from Iraq yeah he's out fighting in iraq <laughs> at the moment <laughs> yeah he's but like, it shows he's like by a radio yeah like, he's like has making all the noises it. fully tricks she's away but yeah this is where i again i assume that he was just like a dream previously uh-huh. so it was like oh the dreams in this movie are meant to be taken literally like he yeah. actually did want to marry her and stuff uh-huh and also, while he's calling them, the police arrive. Yeah. Which they think has something to do with the previous body. Right. But he's just there to say hi, really. Like, yeah. Not, like, sign some paperwork real quick. Yeah, it was something about, like, the... the red, dog. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know. Oh, right, they, they, they have a dog named Pochi, I think. Yeah, <laughs> the dog does come into play. The later. dog does quite a bit, actually. Or th- there's a lot of very interesting, like, shots of the dog or, like, there- there's pretty, there- there's unique framing throughout that kind of makes everything feel very, like, whimsical and dreamlike. But th- they use the dog, I think, very well, like, visually. So they they aren't Anyways. busted. They aren't busted. They're good to go. Yeah. And they lower, like, the sumo guy from the window. Yeah. And, and they're, like, struggling <laughs> so hard to, like... Yeah. 
not just instantly like throw him out the window and yeah crack right which is kind of what happens they they're just, like wait, well, he's already dead yeah like, they just like drop him they, in the second probably room. my favorite visual gag alone like it's just him his body just <laughs> like falling to well the he's ground. like obviously a mannequin when he yeah. hits the ground the way it like collides with the ground is like oh that was a mannequin the yeah whole time. which is yeah it's great um and then yeah they go to the burial site and they return, and there are more guests, this time just ordinary people who want some cake. Right. Does anything actually befall them? I feel like they I think got it, out of it okay. Yeah, yeah. Nothing ever happens to them, I don't think. I think they left. There might have, there might be some type of thing about, like, so the only guests that ever survive are the family. Oh, right. That's true. Yeah. That is true. The family, they eat their cake and leave. Yeah. And then we get the flashback sequence. Right. Like you're talking about earlier. Where... Yeah, there's multiple narrators, which I thought was interesting. Like, there, there's narrate, there's narration from Masao. There's narration from Shizue and from the, the little girl. Yeah. They, I, I think know. at this point it was from Shizue. Yes. I don't know. Masao's song, is, it's pretty good. Um, Masayuki is particularly brooding in this one, which, yeah. is, which is nice. Yeah, he's very... I think his dancing of all of them is probably my favorite. He's, he's the best dancer, extremely, sure. like, you know, teen punk kind of, <laughs> like, yeah. It feels a little like he's, like, dancing in Greece or something. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. After that, we catch up with Richard again. He's just in the forest... Right, it never really explains what he's doing, but he's just, like, walking through the forest. Yeah, he's he's walking through the forest, and he encounters some bones. Yeah. Hence the, the bone song from earlier again. Right. And he, like, smothers, like, mud all over himself to, to indicate that he's been in Iraq, and he's just returned from Iraq. Yeah, and then he shows up, right? Or is that yeah, after? He, yeah, he shows back up again, and, yeah. She's always happy to see him. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, you know, they're happy. They're happy. He rents a room himself, actually. Right. And he has, he has like, insane IBS or something going on. Yeah, this is, like, I, I find that sometimes this sort of, uh, you know, the body, like, you know, fart humor <laughs> in these can, like, t- a little bit take me out of it. The energy is so crazy in this one, and there's always some type of gag happening to the point where I wasn't even like surprised by yeah. it, and I was I didn't even really have that much of an effect. <laughs> the only thing that I did remember is that it uses one of his farts as like a transition. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, the sound design of him constantly shitting himself. Yeah, he finds the wallet that was missing from earlier. Right, and which he takes. Yeah, which is the sort that point, just like, a little character moment. Yeah, like we know that he's a, an imposter, so we're definitely thinking that he probably doesn't have great intentions. But the sort of thing is he's not even troubled by like, oh, there, there's a person here before me who's who's well, missing. He's just yeah. like, yo, is that like 2,000 yen I see? Exactly. And it transitions out into like, so their house was like built near a junkyard. That's where the property was right, acquired yeah. from. So she's way and Richard are like hanging out by a swing set in the junkyard. Oh, I skipped ahead, right? Masao and Terue are trying to figure out what to do with. They have to relocate the bodies because just for more chaos. Um, yeah. The road line like calls them. He's like, by the right, way, that's what we're excavating the lake, which is where they buried their stuff. So, so it's like, like we great. are going to put their now. We in, have but... to re- we have to resurface them and transport them. But where? And then this was one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, really, is that they're just in their room and they have like a miniature of like the compound. <laughs> they have a model. Of they them. have like a scale model of the compound that they're just like messing with. Like, where do we put the body with? And they're like holding each other's hand as they're like guiding the like new burial site. Yeah. And they're, they're putting these little crosses, like, where the bodies are. Yeah. And then, so Terue is like, wait, but, like, people are going to see this thing. Like, like the guests are going to see this. And he's like, well, it's art, you know. <laughs> it's so, art, like, yeah. It's an installation. Yeah. But, I don't know, just this great thing of them, like, kind of tenderly discussing the body relocation. Right, right. And then and- it transitions into, like the karaoke song with the lyrics on screen yeah i i remember um the first time i saw this this was maybe the only point in the movie where i felt it did like kind of lose a little bit of its uh 
Oh, you thought so? Energy. But on a, on watching it again, I think that the, the karaoke the karaoke scene is very well placed. Well, it's the only one that has like dramatic costume change yeah. too, which I because like mid song after they've sung about you know meeting each other and loving each other, all the songs really are about meeting each other and loving each other. But yeah, you know it transitions into like the disco and there's like a disco ball spinning around. Yeah. And Teru Lay's, like, got, like, a perm going on or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And Masao's got, like, a hairpiece, and they're, like, disco dancing. And it's right. doing, like, the old-style, like, like 70s, like, rotoscoping as they, like, yep. dance around. Yeah, there's there's some really, like, there's some really interesting, weird use of animation throughout. And almost kind of, like... The actual feeling does not feel like what I'm going to say, so take it with a grain of salt. But there's some some visual effects that almost feel like a sort of like a what they do in a video essay sometimes. Right. Where, like, it'll go to a freeze frame, and then that freeze frame will become animated. And, like, there's a, a lot of really interesting, weird stuff. Like what you were saying, the rotoscoping and like the, the putting them over new backgrounds. Yeah, or, all, like, the, yeah. yeah, the characters freeze and, like, turn into, like... A PNG that like spins around yeah. or something. Yeah, it almost feels like it's doing kind it's of some stuff that we critic. see in like some memes these days. You know? Yeah, yeah. After that, yeah, is again where Richard is. Okay, they're with. He's with Shizue mm-hmm. on the swing, and we get another song. Right, right. Between them, where he's like, he he's basically it just culminates with like I'm scamming you by the way give me money so I can go to Britain and yeah like, talk to Queen Elizabeth so I can I get think, my grant yeah I think this was the the Princess Diana sequence yeah it um, is the Princess Diana sequence and then uh, we basically like know at the, at the end by the end of this song that he is literally just trying to do one of the you know the classic the most the 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 oldest one in the book that I need this amount of money to get more so if you give me this i can come back with all of this yeah anything about like how japanese women are the greatest in the world yeah there's a very funny sense of like jack because he basically presents himself i think he says that he's half japanese yeah um and then some like there's some there's a constant jokes about it but shizue is like really attracted to the fact that he's like not just japanese yeah that he's a foreigner basically i don't know he sings about the parisian girls and <laughs> yeah and the russian girls that he's met on his adventures in iraq yeah <laughs> which right. which is you know the great thing about his cover-up is that it geographically it does not yeah, it doesn't make sense but she's not gonna know you know and then grandpa's watching yeah right oh what? no no wait oh this was i, I skipped ahead again this song is better than I remembered it being. He starts, Richard starts flying in the air and all the trash around them and like the tissues and stuff start like flying in the air, like, like cherry blossoms and doves and stuff. Right. Yeah. It gets pretty crazy in that one too. They they start going all out with all of the music sequences by, by this point. I, yeah, that's one of those, just one of those little scenes that like is what the movie's all about of like this massive romantic scene and like a dump with like toilet paper flying in the air and like shit on the ground exactly like yuri's like poking it with a stick and stuff yeah it's like it's it's like the thickest like goosh 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 (laughs) it's like this like disgusting like it looks like radioactive (laughs) or something yeah grandpa finds them and he's pissed off yeah, the looks that Grandpa gives throughout, I think, also make the movie. He he's my personal favorite character. You know, yeah, I he's my favorite character too. I actually recognize the actor. Yeah, from like Harakiri or something. Oh, is that? Yeah, he's one of the like main bad guys in Harakiri. So it was weird to see him show up in the greatest movie of all time. Yeah. Uh, well, isn't so Kenji Sawada? Yeah, he's in he he's in Mishima. Oh, okay. So that's the only thing that I know uh, Masao's character from. That's an interesting thing from Japanese movies around yeah. this time. Or I guess just any movie yeah, around like this time. Yeah, like Grandpa is also in Kwaidon. Yeah, sometimes just like a golden age actor will like appear as like shitty grandpa who poops himself. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. There's a fight scene. Shizue tries to break it up after Grandpa beats Richard with a log. Yeah. And they like 
she like kicks them down the hill and they roll down so hard they turn claymation again yeah the, the, this is kind of like the middle claymation sequence yeah. i'd say it's a little more like the second act the end of the second act yeah i don't know and there i don't know there's some decent tension here of like they're on a rope that like richard's trying to cut off so yeah grandpa falls into the abyss and then like she's away kicks a rock down there and it hits richard on the head and he again he like turns into a png and yeah rotates down as he shrinks yeah to show that he's and falling. yeah he he like he he seems like he the river looks like you know it's a decent river but like if he fell in it he's not gonna like go inside it like you know but then he shrinks all the way and just like disappears <laughs> to the river as if it's some like giant like yeah like an ocean water yeah but yeah you know grandpa and she's way have a little moment here like this is our little secret i love you sort yeah. of thing and then we, we go back out of claymation yeah richard immediately comes back to life yeah he's yeah. got like he a just common arrives like, at the door bruise on his face right and he like he needs the phone so he can like call all of his past mistresses yeah who he they, he just keeps naming them yeah he throws jokes that, like he doesn't remember she's away's yeah. name though it goes on like slightly too long in like the correct way of yeah. something going on slightly too long totally but yeah he doesn't name she's away and in fact his costume was bought from party city yeah or, or it's like and a Hollywood. The, the, there's a moment when she's like, he's not a foreigner. So they got the dead body there. And right. I don't know if it's immediately after, but they get another family coming in. Yeah. When, and they have to they, they have to hide his body and all this stuff. It, it's like right. there's an ongoing theme of like, he. I mean, he could have just like, there's the whole dramatic scene. She's away super upset. And then yeah. Masao comes in. And he's like, why do you have to? How did he possibly come all the way and then die here? You know? Yeah. Like, everybody just has to die within the, the house. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, the new family, they're really weird. Yeah. One of them's, like, coughing all the time or something. Yeah. One of them's playing the recorder. The the dad is also in a lot of stuff. He's in, uh, I think he's in Ichi the Killer. Oh, Quite okay. a few other. Let, let me actually check. Yeah, I don't know. One of them's playing the recorder. As they go up to their room, one of them asks for, like, a really long rope for some reason, which I don't even know what the payoff to that was. It, it definitely... Oh, oh, did you? Or maybe the joke's that just that I'm going to kill myself. Yeah, I think the again. joke is just that they already know they're going to kill themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Family suicide, Benny's video style. Right, or whatever. Right. Oh, or whatever Hanukkah that is. I don't remember. Seventh Continent. Seventh Continent, yeah. One of the best. They're all just going to go upstairs and kill themselves. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. So Masuki and Grandpa are outside trying to get rid of Richard's body. Right, they're, they're digging a new hole. And then it's like a new character appears with like flowers in his hand who just runs straight into the pit and they don't even know what to do. <laughs> they don't even know. They're, like, they're, they're just used is. to this at this point. It's just procedure. Grandpa immediately starts like throwing dirt on his <laughs> back. Just instantly, like they don't even see who the person is. They just start like. Yeah. Yeah. And the family who sh- previously showed up is now like watching them. Yeah. And they're they, like, they, they, they don't by. know what to do anymore. Yeah. They seem pretty nonplussed about it, I guess. Yeah, they they like yeah they tell them goodbye and they say thank you and then you you actually see that the cord is now being used as the son's belt. Yeah, yeah. Instead of yeah, you know, you do, oh yeah, to keep his pants up. Yeah. Okay, I'm getting all these jokes now. They didn't connect immediately. Uh-huh. I'm I'm silly like that. Uh, it. I mean, second viewing <laughs> definitely. I feel like a lot of the everything that they show is gonna connect. Yeah. You know? Which is funny for something that's so random. You feel like, oh, that's probably just thrown in yeah, there. Yeah, there is, but a, it does there is a logic. There is a sequence of logic that this film abides by. Definitely. Somewhat. Like, uh, I mean, there's a, the whole dream sequence stuff. I think you can interpret that as kind of like, I mean, I don't think the film demands you to put a realistic interpretation of stuff. Yeah. But, you know, it's her going out in the world trying to find this guy. And she has this crazy, fantastical vision yeah. of how that's playing out. But in terms of just plot, everything connects narratively. Yeah. Yeah, like everything. It, it is actually pretty cleverly written, I think. For sure. I mean, Mike was the type of dude to make like 
six or seven movies a year at this point. Right, so yeah, to keep so. something fairly sharp in his back pocket is pretty impressive. Totally. Because this came out like within two months of Ichi. So. Yeah. And it, it honestly, to me, uh, like he maintains a level of style with his like, yeah. I think, angular work and kind of the, the dark comic, comedic tone. But it really doesn't feel anything like Ichi the Killer. For sure. Yeah, again, which is impressive to work so fast and just yeah. instantly snap into a different register at right. any time. But yeah, after this, from here, like, the plot is, you know, not trying to hide. It's, like, very thin. Just yeah. earthquakes happen left and right. Yeah. The first earthquake, like, unearths all the bodies that they've previously dug. Right, And, which and you can now awesome. see them. Well, they're they, now they look like extremely yeah. fake and but they look awesome yeah they're it. like they're like romero green zombies it, uh, completely yeah and uh yuri finds them and like gets sad so they have like a great song now where like the family gets together and starts dancing and like suppress it like your guilt like yeah blah 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 don't feel bad it's it'll just be a memory one day right and the zombies The get zombies up start dancing. And start dancing. And very then, stiff. Yeah. And Some Yuri, good zombie choreo. Definitely. Like, from the ground and everything. And then they get up. And Yuri's actually at the end, like, kind of, like, beckoning to the zombies. Yeah. The sumo wrestler zombie is great. In right, right. He, like, completely changes body type as a yeah, zombie. Yeah, he gets all, like, extra bloated and yeah, weird. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. I think they're all, like, blue. Yeah, they're green. Green, yeah. They're very latex, like, yeah. it's not makeup, it's, like, straight up, like, yeah, it's latex a, yeah. all over them, and, um, yeah, I don't know, after this, I mean, it just, it ends in such a great way, they're just, they strike a nice pose with the zombies and yeah, stuff, definitely. and then, like, three seconds of dead silence yeah cuts back to the man with the flowers who's in the inn and thinks he's been kidnapped. Yeah, yeah. And he, like, tries to escape the house, but then the family comes back, like, hovered in mud. They all have, like, their respective they all have, weapons. They all have, like, shovels. Yeah. It, it's totally framed, like, they're gonna beat him to death. Yeah. So he, like, runs back into the inn he again. He goes back into the house. And then this is where there's, like, ten layers of story happening all at each other yeah. again in the climax. The police arrive. Because they're looking for somebody who has killed somebody. Right. Another one so, of the, the, the best the best jokes, I think. Yeah. So the family just immediately assumes, like, oh, we like somebody who killed somebody. We got, like, ten of right. those around right. here right now. And uh, there's a great hard rock number. All the men in the family start, like, arguing about who should take the fall. Yeah. In a very loving way. They're not, like, it should be you, Grandpa. Yeah. They all... They basically all... Uh, volunteer as tribute. Yeah. They all have, like, their own little style of song, too, like, when it transitions between them. Yeah. Again, Masayuki's much more, like, he's got, like, really sharp, erratic dance moves. Yeah. Grandpa's singing about, you know, he's at the end of his life, so he'll make the sacrifice. Yeah. And that's ultimate. yeah, he's ultimately the one. Right. And but Masao is uh, guilty about bringing them all there. Yeah. It's all his fault. The grandpa is singing in this part. I was it has me dying laughing <laughs> every time because it's just so over the top to the point where he's almost even like screaming at that. He's end like climbing show. something. Too. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't remember what he's climbing, but he's like on top of something. Yeah, and then he like basically says like, "Okay, I'm gonna offer myself to the police." Yeah. So he like sadly walks over to the police like. Hands crossed, like, like really suffering. His, uh, his hands. Yeah, and they just walk cups. by him. Yeah. Because he's like, not the killer. They're like, sir, like, is blah, blah, blah here. Right. And there's a, another line that kind of reveals, like, the philosophy of the film that, like, people should laugh at funerals. Yeah, 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 fun. yeah. Yeah, Grandpa does say people should laugh at funerals when he's when he's giving his whole uh, spiel about how he's gonna die anyway. Yeah, <laughs> so you should extend life instead of you know mourning. Right. The plot twist here is that it wasn't the family that the police are looking for. They're looking for the guy with the flowers who because thinks he, that he's now kidnapped. Yeah. Yeah, he's murdered his wife and he is now uh, kidnapped. 
the mom character. Yeah, or like he's holding her hostage. Yeah, tear away. Because she's the only one who's inside, I think. Yeah, she's the only one who's inside. He takes her knife point at hostage. And was this is like a one conflict in the movie. I took a extra special note of this okay. with a big star. Is that this is like the one conflict in the movie that isn't resolved through song. Yeah. It's like really it's the real. only like actual emotional like... It, it instantly goes back to the joke after. Yeah. But it does kind of feel emotionally intense for a minute there. And he full on basically Masao begs the the guy to, to yeah. let go of his wife. Yeah, because, you know, he has immense guilt for killing his previous wife. Right. So, he, he you know, he's trying to appeal to that. He Yeah, he basically uses like them as a comparison in order to be like yeah but don't like your wife is gone i don't want to suffer through that too like you're only going to be more guilty and then to the point where he's just straight like screaming yeah, I, I begging thematically maybe you could argue like this is what you were saying earlier that like this is like one conflict that they aren't all taking down together like very much one of them is going to die right before they're all a family so they can get through anything but yeah, Masao basically goes, like, kill me instead. Yeah. So he lets her go to kill him. Yeah. And then Masayuki <laughs> jumps in front very dramatically. Dude. Super quick. Like, there's a there's a very long pause between when he lets the wife go and she runs back. And then they're right. kind of, like, there's an emotional moment where they're kind of, we finally get relaxed. And then he just, he's like, okay, I will try to kill you then. And he just starts screaming, running. And yeah. They, it's almost like they forget that they're in an imminent yeah. threat, you know. That he, for, that he offered to kill himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Masayuki is dying on the ground. He's bleeding everywhere. It's all over his hands. And they just have a really tragic song as they say goodbye to him yeah and it, then it they like it, it they affirms abs- the yeah. relationship They're like you were a good son like we accept you yeah for your crimes yeah like we can't judge anymore uh-huh. and then they like pull his shirt up and he has like the tiniest like a, fucking yeah. sliver yeah, surface level like little <laughs> nick <laughs> Yeah, another great moment. Right, yeah, immediately after they're like, oh, he's okay. The, like, there's a volcano that's been behind them the yeah. entire time. The, that, the cause of, I think, the initial earthquake uh, was the same oh, volcano. Probably, yeah. But now it actually erupts, which yeah, now another, erupts. another hilarious shot. It's the grandpa <laughs> and then the volcano erupting in the background. He's like, ah. Yeah. And it's like, what's even coming out of the volcano? It's like beige sludge <laughs> yeah. coming out of the volcano. It, it turns uh, uh, claymation again. Yeah it, turns, yeah, it turns claymation again. And they're like, where's the dog? <laughs> <laughs> Which they have not talked a single time about the dog this whole yeah, time. Yeah, this entire the, start. the dog, it's finally the dog's time to shine. And Masao, like, does, like, some trapeze shit on... <laughs> claymation mind you he, he does claymation trapeze shit right. all around and like swings by his knees to like pick up the dog save it and from like the save slush it and like the dog is. like stands on its like hind legs very like human yeah for a sec- the dog is absolutely busted in claymation yeah by the way. completely it looks so weird um but yeah after that they all like team together and like hold hands yeah. to like lift up the house so it doesn't. Yeah, get it, it abandons by the all at, from this point on. It abandons any sense of like reality or yeah. you know, <laughs> like rationality. Yeah, the point is just that they're so powerful that they save the house. Yeah, and, like they, yeah, it, it had to be done in claymation, which is very it's well done and it's smart. It's true. I mean, this would this. take a lot of money to do yeah. uh, in live action. So the claymation not only looks cool, but it's very practical Completely. from a budget perspective. Totally. Which, you know, kind of lost that art in the 21st century. So Absolutely. You know, even if this is 23 years old, it's yeah. still cool. Totally. But yeah, it fades to black, and then they, like, wake up. Like, Masao wakes up, and they're in the most beautiful field you've ever seen in your entire life. 
Yeah. The house is in, like, the perfect location now. Right. It's not near the junkyard. This it does, is, yeah, this does not look anything like Japan, either. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, they, like, they total paradise. There's, like, a giraffe or yeah. something. <laughs> it's, like, total blue screen paradise. Yeah. Yeah, Masao turns around, and there's, like, a shot with, like, a rainbow. And there's, like, a giraffe. There's, like, some elephants. Yeah. There's, like, some other animals from, like, the safari that do right. not belong in a green field. Exactly. And then they just have their final dance number, which is like It's great. Yeah. Just I don't know. Like I said, all the songs are just kinda of about like love and yeah. Carrying on, be happy. Yeah. Basic but, you know, pretty truthful uh message. Yeah. And then it's like instantly is it a voiceover or like a text yeah. on the screen? That I think said, it goes to a voiceover. Yeah, and then it's like one year from now, Grandpa dies. And yeah, this part doesn't make any sense, but it's. Awesome. I, yeah, I, I don't. Are they talking to like his ghost at this point, or like? Oh. He's I, just. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you you're just continuing. I don't even we'll know. Describe. Yeah. Grand, yeah, Grandpa's going to die, and the voiceover like says some profound shit about, about like, natural selection eventually family man will lose like it sort of it doesn't really it's just empty platitudes that don't yeah. really make any sense but then you know we get the nice shot of like <laughs> he looks down at yuri and you know the child of the family the future of japan and yeah. they like smile at each other and he flies away yeah so uh, i this scene, because they say the whole thing about how he died a year later, which makes it all weird, but we're focusing on Grandpa for this last scene, and he's looking around at the family while it does this voiceover saying all these, you know, stuff about natural selection, and then he has the nice moment where he, like, looks at the daughter, and then we get our whatever, whatever the last thing it says is, but then he basically, like, we're look we're a like high angle looking down at the yeah, yeah, yeah. and he looks up and like gets this green glow all over him yeah. and just like flies up into space. Like yeah, and that. there's like a twinkle sound effect. Yeah. And then we get our cut to black. Yeah. Then the movie ends. Yeah. So yeah, that's the happiness of the Katakuris. Yeah. Full Pre- of content. Um pretty insane movie. Now that we've gone through all that, do you have any like overarching things to say, maybe that you didn't For say sure. previously? Yeah, I I think um I think it's pretty wonderful in how it has like in terms of the story, it's pretty bleak, depressing, uh, nihilistic, I guess. But in terms of actually nihilistic, maybe not because there is yeah. like a human level to. Uh, yeah, in fact, it's almost the humanity will survive. Oh, completely, completely. But just in terms of the the story itself, is dark. And every element of its presentation, it's it's a pretty happy-go-lucky, you know. It's a, I would say it's a comfort movie. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see that being pretty comfortable. Yeah. Um, revisiting. Yeah, no. So the, even if the stakes never seem that high, everything is already so absurd and dark that it, it, it enables itself to create a very funny tone you know yeah and then yeah overall i guess like if if we're talking about what it's about you know family that's basically it family family like you can you can say whatever you want um i think there's an element of it that it's making fun of itself and it's making fun of those films and media that just kind of like dumb itself down to one basic overarching message (laughs) um Oh, I think it might have, like, some media satire or something. Definitely. In how it, like, looks like the Teletubbies or something near the end there. Like, it's, I think it's all tongue-in-cheek. And, yeah, it's, it's a dark comedy, but I even struggle to call it dark at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's more just in terms of, like, I guess there is death and stuff. You can definitely say that it's about death, too. I think that's a common theme. But in general... You know, it's a it's a theme of it's a movie about family, but it really is just like a very fun, energetic viewing experience. You know, I don't know Japanese, so I couldn't really do the sing along section. Oh yeah. But uh, if you ever get the chance to see this, like with just with a group of friends or in the theater, it's definitely worth it. 
because I find that that usually even makes movies like this more funny. For sure. No, I mean, even like House, as we mentioned earlier, I've watched it by myself. Yeah. And I've watched it with people around. Right. And, it, and it's just definitely like, it, it's like 40% a different movie that way. Totally. Yeah. And this did feel the same by watching it last night alone. But it definitely does really hold that energy. I actually felt myself laugh out loud maybe three times, which almost never happens with movies that you watch alone. You know, I, I find that most of the times when I would laugh if I was in the theater, it's more just like, oh, yeah. I kind of like think it to myself. But if a movie can make you actually laugh out loud when you're watching it alone on your computer, that's a that's a stamp of oh, approval. That Okay, that's interesting that like, you know, for you, like laughing is like an outward, like I'm yeah. posturing right now thing. Yeah, it is. But there's something. People ought to know I'm having fun. Kind of, but there's something when you hear other people reacting to yeah. a movie that kind of prompts that reaction from you, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's almost like, there. there's some weird, uh, you know, we're getting into some weird psychology, yeah. but something about being in the public space, it's not just your experience, it's a shared experience, yeah. you know? And I That's feel like... cinema Exactly, is, exactly. And like, the whole, the whole expression, what laughter is, I think, it, uh... It comes a lot from that shared experience, you know. Um, not to say that there isn't movies that I laugh a lot at by myself, but yeah. No, it, I I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Any any uh, what what are your overarching yeah. thoughts? Because you know, I I recommended this movie, so we know that I like this one. Yeah. We know that I've seen it, but I I want to know what you thought. No, again, it's like this totally comes above from like other like super random quirky right japanese movies usually those just you know i said it earlier those usually aren't my thing generally like i like for there to be something going yeah. on you know something that makes it like real you know yeah and i don't know the family dynamics here they're pure and i think there's some really like honest expressions of love between like masao and Terawai specifically for sure that it makes us more of a it has an emotional undercurrent. Totally. That makes it more than just like, you know, I, whoa, can you believe that this fucking thing happened? Because a lot of these types of movies feel like stuff to me that like people are trying to just say the crazy shit that happened. And it's almost like when you recommend it to somebody, it's like I've spoiled the fun because I just named all the crazy shit. But honestly, yeah. if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're an hour in... Like, I guarantee you that nothing we really said can spoil the experience of this because nothing can prepare you for the actual sequence of images in front of you. Absolutely agree with that. Yeah, like it's no matter what your ultimate takeaways from it are, which I think there are actually some 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 ideas and stuff. It's just such a fun visual and audio experience. Um, I think the songs as much as they're cheesy and non-professionally sang, are actually relatively catchy. And yeah. uh, I didn't feel myself losing interest in those musical moments, whereas in some other musicals yeah, okay. I would. They're not good songs, but they're not annoying songs, yeah, exactly. per se. Like, they're, they're, there's, a, there's a rough charm to everything in the movie that kind of all works together, you know, especially in those songs. This still... This isn't a masterpiece for me, per se, but I, like... Respect the fuck out of you choosing to bring it up on here. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah we I'm, got a good convo, too. Definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I you was, watched it. And I, and I hope more people do. Yeah. Because I was honestly a little worried that it's like, I don't have much to say. It was pretty, like, quaint to me. Uh-huh. Like, that was about it. But that's what's fun about doing this uh, is just that when you talk about, like, how, I feel like it's so infrequent that you really get to talk about a movie, you know? Yeah, especially like, for really, this Like, really, really talk about it. And just, like, unpack everything. And honestly, there's n- nothing that, like, I don't know, just doing this unearths so much. And I, I, I value it. Totally. Yeah, me too. I think it, it makes you appreciate movies a lot more and get a better understanding of what they're trying to do and what they are, especially, yeah, like through other people's perceptions for sure but um yeah is that it any any final additional thoughts about um yeah if you like house you'll probably like this uh if you like 
I mean, crazy off the wall movies with relatively low stakes. Um, you'll definitely like this one. I mean, in general, I think that if you're into movies, there's not a lot to hate about this one. Um, if you want a, a, you know, deeply emotional movie that will move you and bring you to tears. It's honestly like, it is. it's a surprisingly easy recommend. Like, yeah. I wouldn't say that it's like so formally crazy that it's like inaccessible. Agreed. Like, I think it, it balances itself very well and it almost, it, yeah, it's, it's hard not to like, I think because on one level it's doing all these super out there things but it feels very like humble tongue-in-cheek self-aware in doing that yeah. you know uh, yeah it's just one of those things there's a lot not like an ounce of like irony in this like, yeah it's it is pure of heart definitely it's sincere yeah completely i think i think that that wraps all up right. my thoughts okay yeah all right so, yeah, I guess that'll be it for this one uh, on the UW Film Club podcast. If you're listening to this and want to speak to me and be on here yourself, show up to club sometime and talk to me. I'd, I'd love to get to know you. But uh, otherwise, thank you for listening to the Happiness of the Katakuris podcast. Check it out yourself. Uh, bye. Thanks, guys. Peace.